You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Saturday's show. Her name is Cookie uh, Serratos. From, Cookie uh, Serratos. Yeah, from California. And uh, she's a little dynamo. She's subject of a, a, a Netflix uh, pick. And uh, she's just so cute. But we, you know how you you get used to talking to Michael Locke and Colton Haker and Michael Lang and, and these guys, and they all have, you know, a man's voice. Well, here comes little Cookie, and she has this little tiny voice. And she reminded me an awful lot of little Charlotte. Oh, my little Charlotte. She's such a sweetheart. She is. She's so cute. Um, does she she understand what you do and the freedom that you enjoy because of what you do? Um, or is she just going, why is daddy still at home? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like like today uh, I was leaving and, you know, and so Sarah says, say goodbye to dad and, <laughs> you know, because Sarah's not going to say goodbye to me. So she says, say goodbye to dad. And, and so Charlotte waves with her tongue. And I'm like, okay. She won't give me a kiss goodbye. She doesn't care. She's learning that from her mom, too. But uh, <laughs> truth. And I like Sarah. She, but she's so, the kids are so funny. The other day, Dylan, who's right here, uh, Dylan, we were having dinner out on the deck. Right. And uh, we'd been working. And out of nowhere, we're just sitting there eating. And she says, Dylan, I'm going to poop on you. And what? <laughs> She said that out of the blue. Is that right, Dylan? Yes. Okay. And and why would she do that? Why would she think about pooping on Dylan? I I don't have a clue. She is the funniest little girl. She, she is hysterical. She always isn't comes she? up with the funniest things she to says, say. I got her on the the. I've had her on my four fifty the other day, and no, it was my two thirty. And the two thirty had been down and had a flat tire for a while. And I'm too, you know, I'm not going to fix that. So, um, <laughs> we get on the two thirty, and she's like, "Let me go for a ride." And I said, "All right." She gets on the thing and just out of nowhere, she does a fist pump and says, Honda. <laughs> wow. So she's already brand aware. Oh, oh, for sure. She'll be like, um, we're watching the, we were watching uh, the, the the Crawfords the Crawfordsville, the, the final Lucas Oil motocross race, and and uh she looks over and she goes, Kawasaki's don't ever win. And I go <laughs> Well, wow. as long as you don't count Eli Tomac. I know. Yeah. I just said, actually, he just he's winning the title. He's, he's winning, winning the championship. She didn't understand that. But she's like, no, he's way back. And it's just funny. She's <laughs> she, three. And she's three. Yeah. And she so that's pretty cool. Yeah. So most kids are not brand aware, but I'll tell you who is brand aware. Our friends at Hicklin Power Sports in Grimes, Iowa. What are some of the brands that uh, you guys carry at Hicklin? We've still got Yamaha, KTM, full suite of BRP products to include Can-Am, Ski-Doo, Sea-Doo, Polaris, full line of products, including Slingshots. And we've got Betas. We just got Bart, the owner, got a new Beta just last week. Oh, so, he did? Yeah, he got a, uh, one of those cross trainers. The uh, Oh, one of the bikes he's going to sit in his garage and he'll never ride. I don't know. He, he did a build-your-own Beta, so it had a Bart Hicklin label oh, right cool. on the neck no, of it. No, it didn't. Oh, yeah. you build The coolest thing about Beta is you go online to their website and you they call it BYOB, build-your-own Beta. You can... 
Take a factory model and add whatever you want. Recluse clutch. How cool uh, is that? Cr- your crash bars, whatever exhaust you want. Handlebars. Wheels, brakes, chains. brake pads, anything, foot pegs, whatever's out there, they've got it. Handlebars. Now, if you've well, got a handlebar you want, and they send you all the stock stuff back, and they put all the parts you wanted on at Beta of America. So you're buying it, and then you're adding two. Yep, so yep. What, 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 what's Bart got invested in that thing? 13 grand? I, I don't think it'd be that much. No. You can, it's really no additional charge if you, you just say, I want this one, and you don't update it, but they put your name on a label on a steel plaque and then cool. uh, rivet it to the frame. It's, like, like, I, it's like I feel like my number 286 of my Yamaha Raider is very right? personal. It's very personal. I know that number, and I will go down in in history of owning number two eighty six, and uh, that's pretty special. I know Jack wanted two eighty six, but I said no, sir. That's, that's uh, my bike. That's my bike. Oh yeah, it's a big deal, Jack. We could, I, I just remember no. The days I of, still want my spider. He does want a well, spider. Get your spider, Jack. Get on He's out gonna, there. We've got them. So uh, the, the BYOB program is that that's built in the United States. So they assemble here. Is that the deal? Th- that's the deal. The the beta comes from. Uh, Beta of America's out in California. Yep. They do they do it right at the factory, though. When I open the crate, if you've done a build-your-own beta, and, and numbers of our customers have Bart's just one of many, It number one has your name on a plaque on the neck, riveted to the frame, but then whatever parts you, you clicked on on their build-your-own beta site, they're going to be on the bike, and they give you all the stock stuff, which is... In the case of guys who've put on different wheels, it's pretty handy to have an extra set of wheels, an extra set of handlebars, an extra brand new clutch. If can you, you have any name you want to put on that? that? I know we got to guess. We need I to imagine you, you could. Can yeah. you have? Can you have any like Peter Long? Sure, anything you, can, you want. You could do it. You could do it. It's going to be just as hard to sell if By it's the folded way, in half. Pete's uh, Pete's nickname is Big. It's big fella. All so right. it's uh, all right, this uh, portion of our show brought to you by Swell Vodka, obviously. Uh, six times distilled, six times filtered. Swell Vodka belongs in the well at your local pub. Ask for it at your favorite hotspot, Swell Vodka. Tony? All right, our guest now is, uh, he's probably asleep by now, but uh, he's <laughs> a crew chief for Cameron Bebe, who has a handle on the series, Monster Energy Yamaha, Yamaha Factory Racing Team, and he's also the 2018 Ricky. inductee list to the Canadian Motorcycle Hall of Fame. And uh, he joins us now. Rick Hobbs, what's up, dude? How are you? Thanks for waiting so patiently. As if you had yeah, a choice, no right? <laughs> no, it was interesting listening to you guys chat back and forth. We do that sometimes. Even off-air, we'll still talk. A lot of a lot of oh, shows, wow. uh, people go their separate ways, come back three minutes later, and and uh, pretend like they're friends. Yeah, <laughs> we pretend right. like we're friends even off-air. I know. It's great. <laughs> Rick, good to yeah. talk to you, man. How's, how's it going? I uh, it's going well. I uh, just got home this afternoon from Pittsburgh. We had an extra day there preparing the bikes for New Jersey since the truck is staying on the East Coast. So um, had a bit of an extended trip this time, but uh, glad to be home. And yeah. uh, looking forward to the next two rounds to uh, see if we can wrap this thing up. That'd be cool. Rick, it has been an amazing season back and forth between uh, the two leaders of the series. Um with a couple guys keeping everybody honest uh, throughout the top five of uh, the current standings. What a race Sunday afternoon. I mean, how nerve-wracking was it for you uh, watching the, the entire race, much less the last lap? It was just one of the best races uh, in recent memory. It had to have been well, awesome to watch live. I, I wish I had seen it live. We had our TV feed fail with two laps to go, so... 
All I could hear was the announcers. Oh, <laughs> my <laughs> gosh. Because I mean, you caught it at home yet? Idea. I, I saw it on uh, somebody had it on their phone. I guess the highlights of the race were put on uh, either Facebook or something. I, anyway, I saw the uh, Sunday evening afterwards. I saw the last lap, and I'm, I'm kind of glad that I wasn't watching it live because. <laughs> Would have been nerve wracking. <laughs> yeah. That was an absolute knife fight for those of our listeners who didn't see it. Cameron Bobier and Tony Elias uh, got pretty serious about it. It was very clean racing. They both made very uh, some very bold passes in some not so traditional. Pardon me, pardon me. Uh, some not so traditional passing locations. Uh, they both had passes where I think they they surprised one another a couple of times. Like no way can he pass me there, and they were doing it back and forth. Yeah, it uh, for sure. Watching it after the fact was was almost as exciting as seeing it uh, seeing it for the first time live but uh uh you know it, it turned out to be that way whenever those two are that close together on the racetrack near the end of a race it seems like um there's going to be some fireworks <laughs> so um I, i'm sure the fans were loving it i i understand there was quite a crowd of people on the, the big hill they have overlooking the track there so uh, they definitely got uh, got their money their money's worth from that race. I can't wait. I'm going to be at the season ender at Barber. I'm so excited to watch these guys. Um, I, I'm sure you'd like to wrap it up at the very next weekend, but uh, I'm hoping it goes down to the last race just because that's what a fan wants to see. I'll be there either way. Um, sure. What what yeah, happened in what happened in race one? Have you got any insight as to because you guys d- didn't have what we would call traditionally. Uh, for for your t- team this season, you know, you were just a little off there in race one. Yeah, you know, it was kind of unusual circumstances. We had a, a, a rain shower come through just minutes before we were due to go out for the siding lap for the race for race one, and um, it wasn't enough to to really soak the track, at least from where we were standing. But um, it was definitely wet, and so they uh, modified the the. Um, siding lapse procedure so that the guys would get some extra time to check up the track with wet conditions because they hadn't been on it previous to that with wet. So anyway, we we had uh, rain tires ready to go and we went through a a plan, you know, of how we were going to do the siding lapse. And so um, with Moro America, the way it works is if you want to do more than one lap in the siding lapse, you can um, as long as there's time but you cannot go past on the front straight. You have to come through the pits. And so we discussed all this, and we had this plan, and then we realized that the the track that we could see was drying rapidly. So we had a change of plan and decided that we were going to go on slicks. We we didn't feel that uh, the rains would last in the, in the drying track conditions. So uh, a little bit, you know, off-putting for a rider knowing they've got to go out onto a track that could be in not so great a condition and have to go race on it. So um, I think, uh, you know, Cam probably had a bit of butterflies. And so anyway, we changed the plan. We uh, decided to go on slicks and to only go out and do one lap, leave, leave the pit and go around and go back to the grid to start the race. And I think somewhere around that lap, uh, perhaps Cam thought we were still on the original plan to do more than one lap. And so he 
instead of going to the grid, came down pit lane. But by the time he got back to pit lane, they had closed pit lane for a sighting lapse. So he essentially got trapped. Oh, crap. Pit lane. Yeah. And so he was able to start the warm-up lap from pit lane and start the race from the grid, but he would have to, by their Moto America rules, he would have to start from the back of the grid. So that's why he was in the position he was in in the early laps of the race was because he was coming from the back and trying to work his way forward. But the track was half wet, half dry, and somewhat treacherous. Uh, you know, hats off to to uh, Josh and the guys that were really going for it because uh, it, it was a, an iffy an iffy deal for them. So, and, he, um, and he didn't ultimately cost him any great number of points as Mr. Elias, his uh, number one competitor, similarly um, struggled a bit in race one. Right. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, once Cam got to the back of Tony, he kind of went, well, uh, risk versus reward. I think I'll just sit here and, uh, yeah. you know, just mind my P's and Q's and give up the two points. Good move for, uh, and a very, uh, you know, veteran move for a racer because it's, it made mo- the most sense, clearly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Cam, Cam has uh, gotten pretty good at judging, you know, the right time to, to push and the right time to, to uh, relax stay calm and, and uh, not take chances. Is it hard, um, Rick, is it hard to be in the pits and then have a, a good-looking blonde with a crop T-shirt and a pair of really short cutoffs walk by? Is it hard to stay focused? <laughs> For me, no. <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah, I, you know, so some people might say I, I look angry at times because I, I am so focused and, and concentrating. I I guess I uh, I get a a, a a look on my face right. that indicates that I'm not happy, but in reality, it's just that I'm I'm very focused and and job at hand, trying not to get distracted. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's it, Tony. Right. I guess. Um, you're uh, Rick. You, you said you had a long you had a long weekend because you guys had to get the bikes ready because everybody was staying on the East Coast, and I understand that. Right. Uh, do you guys frame the bikes? after every round or, or, or what, what do you do as far as, you know, in between the races, race weekends? It, I mean, do you tear it core down to the frame or do you just, uh, no, we, you know, we have a pretty, a pretty good understanding of this bike now after racing it for several years. So we, we have a, a, a routine that we do, um, uh, you know, typically any of the major kind of disassembly work happens at the shop, right. um, where we have, you know, all the equipment and all the parts. And, and so, uh, when we're on the road, we, we focus on things that are necessary. Um, and so, you know, turning it down to the frame, we found is not necessary, you know, more than a couple of times in a season. So um, typically, you know, we'll go through and clean very thoroughly. Make sure, And in that process, you're checking everything as you're cleaning. Um, and then, um, you know, we'll, we'll inspect the critical pivot point, you know, steering head bearings, uh, swing arm pivot, uh, rocker linkage, you know, the shock linkage, all that stuff, um, and clean the air box, uh, you know, the fil- air filter, um, and change the oil. And do, you, do you put new brake fluid in? No. Well, again, that's, that's only done probably in a season three, maybe four times. Really? Depending. If we, if we have a lot of wet weather, 
yeah. it gets changed a lot more frequently. Why would that be? Um, Brake fluids hygroscopic. Yeah, it attracts moisture. I wasn't so asking you, PJ. I was asking our guest. <laughs> uh, and he's far more qualified to answer the question. That's oh. why I shot in with my know-it-all answer before you yeah, yeah, got it out. It yeah, was, thank you. I, I, I probably would have been grasping for that word. So Hydroscopic. Uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah, that the uh, the brake fluid we use is def- definitely attracts moisture. So when it's moist conditions, we change it more often. All right, so let's stay within the industry, but let's take it around the, the, the horn, if we will, to a different um, discipline, okay, at least as, as, it, as it applies to the brand. Um, and I want to ask you, what does this mean, okay? Uh, okay. And, Rick, you've been in this uh, business for a long time. Uh, the rumors are starting to circulate that uh, the German conglomerate known as Volkswagen uh, is looking to either sell Ducati, Okay, remember it, it acquired Ducati back in 2012, right? Or sell it off in parts. What does that mean for the brand? And was Volkswagen the wrong buyer to begin with? What are your thoughts? Wow, um, I'm not sure I'm really qualified to answer that. Um, I would say that you know Volkswagen is a huge corporation. Um, you know, obviously has a lot of financial backing but they've uh they've had a little bump in the road lately so right they've got they've probably got to look at what is in our best interest to hang on to these assets or to cut them loose and have the cash so uh, i don't know i i it's an interesting predicament right don't you think pj yeah, it absolutely is, and uh, Ducati, unfortunately, uh, for all their storied racing history, has been passed around a little bit. Rick, I wanted to ask you, you've, you've been involved with Cam for some time now, an amazing talent uh, for anyone. Uh, he, his name is bandied about routinely in uh, racing circles as a young man who could, literally, the, the sky could be the limit for this young guy. He could go potentially internationally if that's what he wants to do and hopefully those opportunities find their way to him have you guys talked about it is it something that um mr hobbs gets to follow along or is it hand the kid off to the next level well you know that that's an interesting question and i've thought about it and um you know it would it would, it would be an honor if cam would want me to go with him um but to be honest you know, I'm I'm not a spring chicken anymore, so I don't know that I can commit to uh, an international uh, traveling schedule. Doesn't sound like your yeah, cup of tea anymore. It's thirteen uh, hour plane rides. Yeah, you know, just just traveling back and forth across the U.S. anymore is it's just about enough for me. Right. So, um, but yeah, I, you know what I I think if it was the right. Thing and and everything was lined up right. I, I would have to consider it, and uh, you know, I, I like I said, I would consider it an honor if if not only Cam but whatever team it was would would consider that. Well, let's hope those offers come his way, so we get to find out. <laughs> right? Yes. Well, uh, <laughs> as as you so well stated, he is you know perfectly capable of going out and doing great things if the right circumstances are there as far as the bike and the team and so on so i think that's one of the one of the problems that um, a lot of riders are facing and specifically american riders because this the 
major series tend to hire from within, and uh, so it's it's tough as a as an outsider to uh, to be on the radar for a lot of these teams. Rick, it's always good to talk to you, brother. Uh, safe travels wherever it is you are going, and uh, we always expect that home can be such a wonderful site for guys that are on the road as much as you are. And uh, we hope you enjoy that time. Well, thanks so much. Uh, Great talking to you guys. Uh, uh, Do it again anytime. And, uh, yeah, just have a great great evening, everybody. Thank you very much. Rick Hobbs, our guest in this portion, this segment of the show. We've got about, uh, I'm thinking about eight minutes left to the top of the hour. But um, this Ducati thing has really got me bothered. Because if you think about Ducati, um, they've been passed around and passed around, right? Is this the time that VW spins them off and says, hey, what we're going to do is uh, we're either going to sell it or we're going to go more di- go deeper uh, in on Ducati. In other words, go all in. And one of, the op- one of the options here would be for Ducati to actually pick up a smaller motorcycle manufacturer and incorporate it within the brand. If that were the case... And, Tony, I'd like your opinion on this. What brand would be a smaller motorcycle manufacturer that Ducati could absorb and to 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 build the brand up? In other words, expand it like KTM has. Buell? Yeah, they're off, they're <laughs> off the table. I don't I don't see that. Scott, I understand where you're going. I don't see that at all being a solution for Ducati. The, I, in, over the years, they've, they've tried everything under the sun from uh, private ownership their own owning themselves right. for quite some time to always needing cash to move their ball forward. I'm not saying they're doing anything wrong, but uh, making them in any way. Well, it's not a losing with- venture for VW, according to Bloomsburg uh, and that report. Operating return on sales surged up 9.5% from 8.2% from year previous. So it's not like they're losing money on uh, it. It's, yeah, but the, the numbers are somewhat deceiving on Ducati. And again, I'm a huge fan of them. The, in order to achieve the level of innovation that they have, they are constantly introducing state-of-the-art, brand-new, fresh mold, as in we didn't reuse any parts, machines that takes cubic, cubic tons of dollars to make that happen on a, on a small scale. It's, you know, they, they don't do the let's develop it until we get all, everything out of it. They do the we're starting over even if we don't have to program. Well, we welcome you to the conversation. You're listening to Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, part of the Front Porch People, uh, and they're offering great programs. Look for them online at thefrontporchpeople.com. Back after this. Hi, this is Matt Smith, post-op motorcycle racer, and you're listening to Pit Pass Radio. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. <laughs> 